are continuing with our series, Kingdom Roots, um, Authentic Christianity. And we are learning from the feet of Jesus about how to be a true people of God. And today we're looking at um, Jesus, the priest who serves. Um, our base scripture is from uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 17. This is the basis of the message this afternoon. And it says, For this reason, he, and that's referring to Jesus, had to be made like, like them, us, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Simple scripture, two things I take from it is that, uh, number one, Jesus is to be seen as the high priest. He was made human so that he can be high priest. That's number one. Number two, he was made human so that as a high priest, he can offer atonement for our sins. Two things, basic things, but really, really profound things. The problem we have in our culture today uh, is that we see priesthood as a very religious term. When I say priest, it has no value except in church and church alone. And I want to redeem this afternoon that word priest because it has got something far more fundamental than what we bring in church. Amen? Um, so let's, let's think about um, what the sermon is going to be about today. One, I want to really talk about our purpose as human beings and also the purpose of priesthood. That's what I want to do today. And I want to bring a description of what priesthood is all about. And then finally, I want to think about the functions of, of priesthood. And I'm going to assert today that you and I were created to be priests and kings to our God. But before we do that, we need to understand our purpose. So one of the things we talked about when we were singing that song, So Will I, we talked about how God created everything. And in the book of Genesis chapter 1, we get to hear what we created. Amen? What value does this thing have in my hand? Its value can only be known properly if you understand its purpose. What value does a chair have? The value of a chair is only can fully be appreciated if we understand why it was created. Amen? Because if I use a chair as something that I want to do to, I don't know, to, to elevate things, it might fail, but it's good for sitting. This mic, as a weapon, is not very useful, but for projecting my voice, it's very purposeful and valuable. What is the purpose of the person sitting next to you? Their purpose can truly be appreciated if we understand why they were created. Genesis 1, verse, uh, Genesis 1, verse 26 to 28, God says, Let us make humanity in our own likeness, after our own image, that they may have dominion to rule. You and I were created in likeness of God. So when I look into your face, I'm supposed to see God. What does God look like? He looks like you. 
But this is more than just a physical aspect. The attributes of God need to be seen through who you are. As you walk the streets of Basingstock, somebody should see the attributes of God through your dialogue, through your conduct, through your behavior. Because God said, let us make man after our own likeness, in our own image. That's the purpose of, of, of why we're created, right? But then we're created and placed in a garden. And God every day would come into this garden and commune with humanity. So that that garden became a sacred place. That garden become, became a sacred place. Amen. This is freedom, right? I'm enjoying this. I love this. <laughs> so, so, so the garden where Eden, where humanity was communing with God every day, became a sacred place. And the purpose of humanity in that garden was to commune with God daily. And God would want to know about his creation. He would say, Adam, how are the ants today? Adam would say, oh, they're fine. They're building their things in the floor. They're doing well. How about the elephants? They're trumpeting. They're doing brilliantly. God would know something of his, of his creation through humanity. And also, you know, you, if, if you went to the elephants and say, what is God like? The elephants will say, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. Look at Phil. Look at what he's doing. He's bringing us so much grace. Right? So when people, when individuals exist in the sacred space to commune with God and to bring creation to God, those people are called priests. If you are a Hindu, a Muslim, priests are those people among us who stay in the sacred space. We call that temples now, maybe. But actually, it wasn't about temples that are built by men. It was about earth. Earth was the temple. And humanity were those priests in that sacred space, helping God commune with creation and creation communing with God. Amen? It is a simple um, way of thinking. But I'm asserting to you today, I'm putting it to you, my thesis is that we are all called to be priests. Each human being you see, anywhere you see them, they are a priest. That is the sole purpose for which they were created. To walk the surface of the earth and be an image bearer of their God. So then everybody else knows what God is like through people. And also God gets to know something about creation through people. Amen? So we've talked about our purpose of, of being created, and we said that that's to be mediators in the sacred place. Mediators on planet Earth. Mediators for God. Right? So, in essence, we are priests. That's what I'm saying. And um, as mediators, we are supposed to really intercede, pray for other people. If there is brokenness in our world, we are supposed to be the ones who goes to God and say, there is brokenness on Twitter, Lord. You know, our politicians are being killed. God must know about that because of humanity, because of priests, right? We are the ones who are supposed to say, hallelujah, thank you, God, that there's been so much interaction between Hub Church and India. Humanity is doing well. They are priests serving their God. That is our role. 
And as, 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 as mediators, like I said, you know, if, I don't know, what do you do? If you drive, your driving should make somebody think like, wow, that must be what God, how God drives. Because this guy drives well. If you build, you know, the, the, your architecture should be saying, that must be what God looks like. So whatever you do when you cook dinner tonight after this, or tea, whatever you're going to make, somebody should know what go, how God as a priest functions in the kitchen. Amen. And this is the call. This is the call to Christianity. This is the call to humanity. It doesn't matter. You're not even Christian. You are called and created for the same purpose as everybody else. So then, thinking a bit more about, about uh, priesthood, we know that the story doesn't end up with us flourishing as good priests. We know that. We know that our world is dying. Do you know that um, Micah 7, verse 18, says this, that the earth will become desolate because of its inhabitants as a result of their deeds. This is Micah writing maybe a thousand years ago, pre-civilization, and saying we're going to destroy this world. Because when Micah is writing, he's writing, and what his thesis is, is that priests are failing, and therefore the world is going to be destroyed. There are lots of examples of priestly failures. COP20 is about us as humanity being priests and saying we want to save our world, doing exactly what we are created to do. We need to do that and do that well. But there's been, you know, domestic violence. There's been people who have been abused. Priests are failing. And that is a crisis. That's why creation is broken, because we are failing as priests. So then we despair. But Micah again says in the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, he says, but you, Bethlehem Ephrata, I like that, Bethlehem Ephrata, you are small among the clans of Judah. But out of you will come one who will be ruler of Israel, whose origins are of old and from ancient times. The origins of Jesus are really what we're talking about in the book of Genesis. This is the true human who's going to come and show you what human is truly about. It's about priesthood. So Bethlehem Ephrata, blessed among, among those of Judah, and we ought to be celebrating because he came. Hallelujah. He came. Hebrews chapter 2 tells us all what humanity is all about. And he said he had to be fashioned as a human being, God. He had to become human himself so that he shows us what it is to be a priest, what it is to be a true human. And what we've read, he says, he was made human so that we may become, he may become a high priest. High priest in, in Judeo-Christianity is one who is the, almost like the chief of priests. There is no high priest without a priesthood. So first and foremost, there has to be priests. Then there has to be a high priest. By definition, because he is to be a high priest, it means we, ladies and gentlemen, are the priests. Amen. And I want us to recover that word priesthood. And when we go out of here, be priestly. When you see a man homeless, be priestly. When you go and people are hungry and you are really tired, who's going to do the dishes? A priest arises and does the dishes. The bathroom is not so clean today. Who arises? A priest arises 
and tidied up the bathroom. Everything about our humanity and our lives is designed to, to bring shalom, flourishing of nature and flourishing of humanity. The high priests in particular also wore this breastplate, which is called the ephod. And within the bracelet, there were pockets. And in the pockets, there were stones. One would light up, which was called the thymim, and that was the urim, which was the decision stone. So we would want to know whether God wants us to go to war. The king would go to the high priest. The high priest would put his hands into the ephod, bring in the urim and the thymim. If, the th- if, the, if, the, if one of the stones light up, this is God's decision. And that the stone will tell us it's a yes or no. If it's a yes and there's no light, it's a yes, but it's not really God's decision. When the stone lights, it's God's decision. So the high priest is where kings went to for godly decisions. Some of the decisions made were not popular. Some of them were not countercultural. The question I have for you as a priest, how are you influencing your community? Are decisions being made considering the heart of God because you are present? When you go on Twitter, it does the dialogue change because there is a priest who is bringing the heart of God into decision making. In your workplace, do we hear God? Do people change things because the decision of God, the heart of God is being heard because of a priest? Gossip is something that people hear all of the time. Does the gossip change because the priest has been involved? He has got to know about that gossip. And therefore, the heart of God is now being brought into the story or the narrative that we are hearing. You are called to be a priest. So there are priestly duties in summary. Um, I don't have much, so I need to conclude. The priestly duties. The first duty I've said is that we operate in the sacred place called earth. And our duty is to commune with God, interact with God on behalf of creation. So when we see brokenness, a priest falls on his knees and prays. When there is joy in the community, a priest falls on his knees and prays God. Your role, my role, my duty, our duty is to be intercessors because we are priests. Jesus had to become human so that he can become high priest because we are the priests. Amen? The second duty, if I say driver, you say driving, right? That's what drivers do. And if I say teacher, you probably say teaching, because that's what teachers do. If I say doctor, you probably say treatment, right? That's what doctors do. In Judeo-Christianity, if I say priest, you really need to think sacrifice. The role of priests of old was to always offer sacrifice. Jesus, the high priest, took into the Holy of Holies his own blood. You cannot do away with sacrifice if you're a priest. So question, who are you sacrificing for? Where is your effort and commitment going? Because your sacrifice tells us something about priesthood. If your world is designed around you, yourself, and I, me, myself, and I, then my world is not priestly at all. Because priests 
sacrifice. So what decisions are you going to make that's going to cost you something for the better of others? We heard Shanu's story and how we supported India. When we did that, those, those deeds, folks, we were priestly. And that is what we're called to do. Then the final duty of a priest is to influence decisions, like I've said, with the urim and thummim. And I want you to think about how you're influencing things around your domain. In your household, how are decisions made? Who is after the heart of God in different decisions about where children go to school, what time they go to bed? So I'm trying to bring this into the mundane and the everyday because that's what the purpose of our creation is. If you want to use a chair to keep a door open, it's up to you. But the best function of a chair is going to be from sitting on it, right? So if you want to do anything else, on free or free is a free country. But if you're going to really realize your value and bring your purpose why you exist, you need to be priestly. And that includes what time people go to bed, how tidy their house is, who goes to see their neighbors, who is cooking dinner tonight. Every little decision, we are called to be priestly. Amen? I conclude then um, by quoting Revelation chapter 5. It says that we have been made, uh, God has made us to be a kingdom of priests, to serve him and to rule over the earth. Go and serve God and rule over the earth as a priest. Amen.